I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is Your Peak Daily for Tuesday, June 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, I wasn't here yesterday. Thank you for giving me the day off. But I was listening on Friday because I got notified that Drake dropped the new album as a surprise. What are your initial thoughts? You know, it's a weird album. It reminds me of 808s and Heartbreak by the Kanye West singing album that at the time was also seen as a a strange album. I don't think it's as bad as people think. My first listen to it, I was like, kind of a throwaway album. It's all singing and that's not really what it's known for. But having listened to it a few more times, I think it's a good background music work album is where I'd kind of put it. And I'm sure that's what he was shooting for. I would say everything you said is okay up until the fact that you want to listen to it again. Yeah, that's not what I look for in Drake. I want something to hook me in and like get me jamming every single time I listen to it. It's not that. I'll keep listening. Maybe I'll pick up what you're hearing. There's a couple. There's a couple of good tracks. I, I don't know. Look, it's not. It's not as great. It's not his best work. And unfortunately, and I, I like Drake. I've been a long time Drake fan. But even I can admit, the past few albums have not been up to the standard that we expect from our favorite rapper. Yeah. Do you think it's a bit because Justin Bieber got a lot of press about his illness and about the drink at Tim Hortons and and Drake just felt left out? That's it. Really? That's it. Everyone's looking, everyone around the world, they're looking at Bieber and they're like, that Tim Hortons campaign, it was so good that I've got to step up my game. And so, yeah, that's that's it, Jay. Maybe you'll see a, a Drake Tim's collab coming soon. They could do worse. Brett, aside from what is motivating Drake to drop a new album, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Like an ice drake chino. Maybe that's Ooh, where you go with. Nice. Anyways, for our first story, the end of single-use plastics in Canada could be near. For our second story, Canadian camps are struggling to find counselors. And for our third story, some European countries are shifting to coal. For our first story, get your metal straws and tote bags ready because the age of single-use plastic items is coming to an end in Canada as the federal government rolls out its long-anticipated plan to ban disposable plastic items like bags cutlery and containers. Brett, that's pretty big news. How will it actually be implemented? I've been using plastic bags from grocery stores for my garbage for my entire life. So it's actually pretty disruptive. Canada's taking a phased approach to the ban, first forbidding the import and production of plastic bags and styrofoam takeout containers by the end of this year. Businesses have till the end of 2023, though, to make the transition to non-plastics and use up all of their existing stock. After that, consumers won't be able to get plastic bags, even if they are willing to pay that 10 cent fee. Production of plastic straws, cutlery, stir sticks, and carrier rings for cans and bottles must stop by June 2023, with sales halting by June 2024. Now, this trade really matters because Canadians use 15.5 billion plastic checkout bags every year, most of which end up either in landfills or as litter. So Banning them and other single-use plastics will go a long way in reaching the country's goal of generating net-zero plastic waste by 2030, an accomplishment that could save $500 million in annual costs and create 42,000 new jobs in the recycling industry. PEI, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland have all banned plastic bags for several years and have reported promising results. One PEI waste collection company said before the ban, it was collecting between 15 and 16 million plastic bags per year. That number now is zero. But soggy straws aren't the only consequence of the plastic ban. The plastic products industry, which is worth about $25 billion per year, accounts for over 5% of sales in the manufacturing sector and employs around 93,000 people, and they stand to lose from this ban. So Jay, 
What's the bottom line with Canada's new single-use plastic ban? Well, Brett, banning single-use plastics has the potential for a positive environmental impact, but it won't come without sacrifices for existing producers. For our second story, first, it was beaches and pools running short on lifeguards. Now, another flagship job of 80s teen comedy protagonists is facing a shortage as Canadian summer camps struggle to find enough camp counselors to meet the end of the school year rush. Jay, your kids go to camp. I feel like you went to camp too. How are you feeling about staffing these days? Well, it's a white, hot summer problem. I forget what that name of that movie is. But with pandemic era restrictions lifted, summer camps were ready to bounce back after two years of lost summers. The Canadian Camping Association reported registration numbers that were besting even some pre-pandemic years, and some camps reported wait lifts of over 200 people. But being shut down for so long created an unexpected long-term impact. Not enough counselors to supervise the hordes of children looking to enjoy the best summer ever, which I never had, Jay, because I never went to summer camp. For former campers, returning as counselors has historically been a key source of employees for summer camps, but this pipeline dried up during the pandemic with two consecutive cohorts of potential campers turned counselors now finding work elsewhere. The tight labor market isn't helping either. Other businesses that rely on laborers in their late teens and early 20s, like restaurants and retailers, face shortages, giving potential counselors more jobs to choose from than ever, perhaps tempted by paychecks without room and board deductions. And here's why this all matters, James. So not even the beloved summer camp can escape the forces of supply and demand. Fewer counselors mean fewer spots for campers and higher prices across the board, not to mention plenty of disappointment for parents nationwide who just want some peace and quiet this summer, James. (laughs) I can feel that. And for our third story. Running low on natural gas imported from Russia, European countries are turning to coal in a bid to lower energy prices and avoid shortages. So out with plastics in Canada, in with coal in Europe. Brett, how is coal filling the Russian energy void in Europe? It's going to be a big year for Santa's naughty list. Multiple (laughs) European governments said they would increase coal usage to make up for energy shortfalls created when Russia cut capacity on the Nord Stream 1 natural gas pipeline by 60% last week. Now, Germany and Austria both plan to reopen shuttered coal plants, and the Netherlands plans to loosen rules that limit how much coal plants can burn. Prior to the outbreak of war in Ukraine, around 40% of gas used by European Union countries came from Russia. That share is falling quickly, along with the EU's overall gas consumption, which is down 9% in the first quarter of the year. But governments still anticipate energy shortages and high prices that will last for years. Now, if we zoom out, a return to coal, which emits twice as much CO2 as natural gas, is bad news for the EU's goal of reaching net zero emissions by 2050. Hitting that target would require phasing out coal altogether by 2030, according to at least one model. Now, EU EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen urged European governments to invest heavily in renewables to make up for gas shortages, but wind and solar take time to build. And with European gas prices rising 50% in just the past week, leaders are scrambling for shorter-term answers. And here's the bottom line. Europe's energy crisis is highlighting the difficulties posed by the transition off of fossil fuels. Without clean energy sources in place to fill the gap, shortfalls in fossil fuel supplies are driving prices higher than governments and voters will tolerate. Peak Palace, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Brett, back to the summer camp story. 
If you never went to summer camp, you don't even know what 10 for two means, do you? No, but you know what we never talked about? The Celtics losing, Jay. I was just reminded of that. Fine. We'll talk about camp later. Yes, the Celtics yeah. lost in the finals. They lost in six games. Their last two games were uninspired, to say the least, but much props to the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins, who really carried the day for the Warriors. They deserved it. They played better, notwithstanding the fact that my Celtics lost and looked miserable towards the end. So thanks for rubbing that in, Brett. Anyways, yeah, I had to. <laughs> Have a good day. You too.